Hey folks, want to do something a little different today. Um, we're going to step out of Luke for this one episode. We'll step back into Luke and the birth of John the Baptist. I think that's next, uh, next time. But today I wanted to talk about a friend of mine who died recently. His name's Robbie. He's a young Marine <clears throat> and he's been, uh, busy fighting our nation's um, various battles the last 10 years or so and lots of battles of his own. And he, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, he's done and seen and absorbed more hard things uh, than most of us put together in his short life, his young life. And he was getting ready to get out of the Marine Corps Um he has a four-year-old daughter. The wife, his wife that gave him that four-year-old daughter recently died of cancer. He has been through all that, and which made him a single dad. Um, and he himself ended up getting killed, not in combat, but in a kind of a freak boating accident. Um, just, just a shocking way to go, shocked everyone. And it just, uh, you know, things like this are make you scratch your head. You know, they uh, make you shout why up at the sky. Like it doesn't make any sense um, for this young man to die this way. Or anyway, for that matter. But he, uh, <clears throat> you shout why, and there's no answer coming back. Um, it's It's a... Grief is so much, and anger go together so much. And, uh, you know, we want to get angry. I think anger's kind of appropriate in these situations. And you get angry at God, and, you know, because we have to, we actually have to stand up and, uh, well, we don't have to stand up and defend, but we, we have a God who we proclaim is all love and all powerful. And why does this happen? How could this happen? Why would he let this happen? So we can shout why. Somebody with no God or the universe is just an insane place, they don't get the shout why at heaven. We get the shout why at heaven. Um, they don't because there's no answer for them. And there's an answer for us even though we will not get that answer most of the time on this side of forever. Uh, but there's uh, God won't behave. He won't behave according to our agenda or our priorities and <clears throat> why he allows something like this, I have no, no, no idea. Cannot give an answer. No one else can. Uh, but there is an answer. We just don't get to see it for now. And um, it's okay to be angry. I mean, I've, <clears throat> I think it's a waste of time to be angry at God because even though he's a big boy and he can take it, but I've spent a lot of energy in my life being angry at him for various things. And... Um, um, I think anger is appropriate at a time like this, but we need to aim it in the right direction. And, um, I remember, uh, it's a story about Jesus, every well, very famous story about Jesus calming the storm on the sea, storm on the sea of Galilee. And, um, there, the boat's going down. It's dark. It's stormy. It's scary. Waves are coming over the gunnels and, Jesus is asleep in the back of the boat because he's exhausted. Uh, he's been working all day healing people. 
and he's tired. He's, he, he's God. Okay, that's remember what this podcast is about. God became a man. But the point is he became a man, which men get tired. Humans get tired. We, we need to sleep. So he's asleep in the back of the boat, and the boat's sinking, and the disciples are freaking out. And finally, they run to the back of the boat and shake him and wake him up and scream at him, don't you care that we are perishing? That's what they say to him. Don't you care that we are perishing? And it's times like this with Robbie and all that that we, we want to shake out and say, don't you care? If we get him alone in a boat, don't you care that we are perishing? Jesus gets up in that situation, and we know the story. He calms the storm. You know, the Sea of Galilee becomes flat. Wind dies down. Everything just stops, and which must have freaked out the disciples. And they went from being scared to death of the storm to being scared to death of Jesus. Like, who is this? What is this? Because they haven't figured it all out yet. And he turns and looks at them. They're his friends all dripping wet, staring at him wide-eyed, terrified. And he says, <clears throat> where is your faith? Where's your faith? Which is not something I would want him to say to me. I mean, um, you know, if I was him, I'd say, why didn't you wake me up earlier? I could have just stopped it. And like, why'd you let me sleep so long or something like that? That's not, he cares about them. And he wants to know, like, where's your faith? What good is your faith if, if it just evaporates when the storms come along? Because there's going to be storms. Storm after storm in this life, it just comes at you in wave after wave. And if your faith evaporates when there's a storm, it's, it's no good to you. Um, that's what faith is for. It's for those storms in many ways. And um, anyway, you get the idea. It's, <clears throat> it's appropriate to be angry, but our anger needs to be pointed at the right thing. And when we say, don't you care? And yes, he cares. We'll get back to that. But, you know, I just uh, I remember saying to uh, Robbie's brothers, two brothers, two sisters, Guys, I won't call you out on a public podcast. Don't worry about that. But like I did at a funeral, but I won't call you out by name. But I told them, I, I know what it's like to lose a brother. I've lost a young, my youngest brother and my oldest brother, both in tragic circumstances. And to his parents, really good friends of ours, old, old friends of ours, my wife and I, you know, you know that I know what it's like to lose a child. I've lost a child. She was 24. <clears throat> um, and it's okay to hate this, this whole thing, right? That's, that's that feeling that you have, that shouting and screaming why and anger. It's, it's hatred of what's happening at the moment. And it's okay to hate this. To pretend like this is a good thing? No. No, no it isn't. You're supposed to hate this. You're allowed to hate this. This is not right that this young man died this way. This is wrong. Everything about it is wrong. Um, death is an intruder here. It's okay to be angry at death. It's, it's called an enemy in the Bible. It's called the last enemy, but the word enemy is used to describe death. And the Bible gives it personality, like, a, like, it's, a, like it's an entity or a deity. And you're supposed to stand in opposition to it. It's okay to hate it. And um, you Marines out there, you, 
you have to face it all the time and you see it all the time and um, you face enemies all the time. But like all of you, just like all of us, we have to face this enemy at some, some point. And it's okay to not make peace with it. It's an intruder. Death is a thug. Death is a bully. Death is a terrorist. Death is an animal that steals our children. And death is going down. God will destroy death. It's going to be cast into the lake of fire at the end of the story. That's what happens. It's just destroyed. And I'm going to laugh because I'm so tired of these things happening. Um, another time, you know, you talk about God making you angry. <clears throat> Jesus made, he, he makes people angry um, with his words or his lack of words a lot of times, but he just makes people angry. He's unnerving. And he makes some people angry. I rem <clears throat> There's a story where he's teaching on a hillside, a whole bunch of people, and he says some really hard things. And he makes some really amazing claims about himself uh, and a whole bunch of people. This is in John chapter 6. A whole bunch of his disciples, right? I don't know how many, maybe 100 or more. I don't know. It doesn't say. They leave. They said, this guy's nuts. I, 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 you, know, I, you know, we can't take what he's saying anymore. Uh, it's too inconvenient, right? So they turn and walk away from Jesus. You know, they cancel him. They unfriend him on Facebook. They stop following him on Instagram and all of that stuff. They, they're done with him. And he turns and looks at his, closer, his close disciples, the 12, his, his friends. And he says, uh, do you also want to leave? And they say, Lord, where else would we go? Where else are we going to go to? You're the only one with words of eternal life. You are the only one with words of eternal life. Oh, man. Those are the words that we live on. The words, those words that come from Jesus. Those are the words that we live on at times like these. Um, and we need to stop seeing him as this just this nice, harmless teacher, right? They don't crucify nice, harmless teachers, right? That's not what happens to nice, harmless teachers. People talk about Jesus today with these rainbows and unicorns and fluffy bunnies, and he's harmless. Jesus is not harmless. They don't crucify you for that. Not even the Romans crucified you for that. So we need to stop seeing him as a nice teacher and see him for who he is. He's the living God of history who has stepped into our world he has stepped into our shoes so he could stomp the devil and punch death in the face. He came to bully the bullies. Jesus came here to bully the bullies that keep us down. That's why I follow him. And why sometimes he lets him off the leash and other times he doesn't, I don't know. But I will someday. He won't behave. He won't be managed. If, he could behave, if we could make him behave or, or if he could be managed or controlled by us, then he wouldn't be God. But he is. In John 11, the famous story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. And it's interesting <clears throat> at this time because, well, it's always interesting, but he, um, when they came, he was in another town and they came to him. He was miles and miles away. We don't know where. And he's, some friends of Lazarus came in and said, Lazarus is really sick. He's going to die. And then it says, and Jesus stayed there four more days. 
So he stayed away to make sure Lazarus died. So Lazarus ended up dying that day. And Jesus could have prevented it, uh, but he didn't. Jesus could have prevented the horror of his good friend Lazarus dying, and he didn't. Then he goes up to where Lazarus is buried, up to Bethany, and Lazarus' sisters come out, and they say to him, uh, one of them says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. If you, you know, like you dropped the ball. Like what, where were you when we needed you to step up? Um, you could have prevented this. And in that same scene, <clears throat> after that, he, he's going to go to the grave. Now he's going to raise Lazarus. Lazarus has been dead four days. And he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Most ama- one of the most amazing story in history, right? One of, and he knows he's going to do that, but it's, he also sees the devastation that this causes. And he bursts, he just weeps. So Jesus wept. So he's standing there in a human graveyard weeping. This is God. God standing in a graveyard weeping. Say, don't you care? Yes, he cares. We have a God who was willing to be seen standing in a graveyard weeping. He cares. He cares about this. Now, he's, he's going to do something about it with Lazarus in a few minutes of weeping. And he's going to do something about it for the rest of us at the end of the age. Um, but he turns to Martha and he says these words, your brother, these words arrested me the other day when I was with the family, your brother will rise again. And to Robbie's brothers and sisters, I know you're probably never going to listen to this and I wouldn't blame you at all, but your brother will rise again. This does not end this way. This will not end this way. This is not how it's supposed to be. This is not how things are going to end. Martha said to Jesus when he said that, I I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. But Jesus said, no, no, no. He said, or I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? It's amazing words. So Martha, I'm the resurrection. You don't have to wait for the resurrection. It's standing in front of you. And we know the story. He goes on to command Lazarus out of the grave. It's just a beautiful thing. And they have to unwrap the grave clothes off him. And and, uh, there's a scene later on in the gospel where Jesus is reclining at table before he's getting ready to go to his own crucifixion. But your brother will rise again. You know, my daughter will rise again. Your friends will rise again. You know, it's just um, hurry up and make it happen, right? <clears throat> Do you believe this? I mean, that's the thing. We need to bank on it. What good is your faith if it, if it disappears in the dark? This all only ends one way. Um, the complete and total victory over the forces of darkness, the complete and total victory over the devil and his angels, the complete and total victory over death, the last enemy. This ends in the light. 
This all ends in the light. For Robbie, for you, for me, this ends in light. I started reading the Bible over again in Genesis because that's what I do. I just read it over and over. Um, and you see things that you just never see before. The Bible's weird that way. When you you think, well, I read the whole thing. Go back and read it again because you just stuff jumps out at you. And, and <clears throat> reading the creation story, there's it says at the end of each day, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. And then it goes on and talks about what he did the next day. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. But just the phrase, there was evening and there was morning, I found arresting because that's, that sounds like a weird way to put it, to put a description of a day. For us here in the West, the way we call, the way we measure a day is from midnight to midnight, right? So midnight tonight, tomorrow begins and tomorrow ends at midnight. And it's, so it begins in the dark and it ends in the dark. But for the Hebrew, and this is why you hear them talk this way in the New Testament, they're, they're ne the next day begins at sundown of the day you're on. So that's why it says, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. Our days, biblical days, or in God's mind or in his description, our days start in darkness and they end in light. It ends in light. And that's a theme all the way through the scriptures. You keep seeing that idea come up over and over again and um, things starting in darkness and ending like the prophets are constantly going back to that, you know, all the scary prophecies. And then at, at the end, they come up with, you know, just uh, new creation and God blessing and all of that in the kingdom, et cetera. And then the psalmists do the same thing. There, you know, There's a lot of like crying out why in the Psalms. It ends in the light Job really, really dark, not just at the beginning, but all the way through, it ends in the light. Um, the Bible itself, in the first verse or two, is it, darkness was over the surface of the deep. That's how it started. That's how it all starts. That's how the story started. But it ends all in light in Revelation. Uh, the, the heaven or the new Jerusalem, it's just lit up. Uh, with the glory of God. And there's like, there's no, there's no need to have the sun. There's no need for a lamp or anything like that. This is the way it talks about heaven. It's all light and we will all be lit up. Uh, and here's how it ends. Um, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there is no longer any sea. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will no longer be any death. It's just going to be gone, outlawed. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. So for my friend Robbie, I apologize for the darkness, you know, that you've had to endure. I'll see you in the light. I love you. Semper Fi, brother. <laughs>